You're listening to the Therefore a Geek podcast, episode 69. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew. And I am the Defender of Azeroth! Or Lordaeron. Or something. Or one of those places. So, obviously, we are talking this week about Warcraft. A, a Warcraft, the beginning. Yeah, so I didn't realize that until I was just looking at the IMDb page that there's actually yeah, the a beginning. <laughs> here. I, was be- I was like, I better pull the IMDb page up while we're talking about it. It's like, Warcraft, the beginning. I don't remember that. I mean, it says the beginning. I don't think there's going to be much more than the beginning. Yeah. Should just the beginning and the end and never again. And the death of the franchise and... Ah, this was just a mess. All right, so Warcraft: The Beginning, Two Worlds, One Home. Uh, in in this, this is basically the big screen adaptation of the massively popular video game franchise from Blizzard Entertainment, starting all the way back in 1994 with the real time strategy game Warcraft: Orcs and Humans, and then continuing with War- Warcraft Two: Tides of Darkness, Warcraft to the Dark Portal, and then Warcraft 3, Reign of Chaos, and then it explodes into World of Warcraft. Yes, the the epic massive multiplayer. Right, which is, and then then that's been going on for now, what, 15, 10 10 years? 15 Uh, years? 10 or 12. Yeah, something like that. And, And the basic plot of this movie follows the basic plot of the very first game, where the orcs have opened a magical portal from their universe or homeworld or land wherever it is and travel to the land of the humans and elves and dwarfs and gnomes in in a place called azeroth and right. they fight a war yeah and in, and in that game it was really just just that it was just orcs and humans and then in the second game you kind of brought in more stuff as as games got better and you got more memory and yep. more graphics and that's that's basically it. Uh, the movie is directed by a director of some renown named uh, Duncan Jones, who a lot of people had a lot of hopes for because Duncan was a very big Warcraft fan, and he was known for uh, the 2009 movie Moon with uh, Sam Rockwell. That was a really a good movie. And the movie Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal. I uh, didn't see Source Code. I saw... I think I actually own Moon as well, but I saw Moon and really enjoyed it. That was a great kind of psychological film. Yeah. The movie stars Travis Fimmel as Lothar, the kind of big hero between the two games. Yep. I didn't know much about this guy. He's uh, in the show The Vikings. I haven't watched anything this guy's in. No, I, uh, I didn't recognize him from anything either. Paula Patton plays a pretty uh, big role as like a half-orc, half-human uh, yeah. Called Rana, which was strange. I don't know much about her. The only actor I really recognized was Ben Forrester. Um, Foster. Foster, sorry. And uh, I recognized him from 310 to Yuma. He was like the psychopath from 310 to Yuma. 
I'm I'm fairly certain. Let me look here for a second. I'm fairly certain I recognize him from like work when he was a kid doing like Disney Channel shit. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. I think I remember articles like the psychopath from Three Ten to Yuma like did Disney. And then there's uh, of course the orc heroes uh, Duratan played by uh, Toby uh, Kebble, who I I don't recognize, and then Goldan, the kind of orc leader. Yeah, which so, is something they switched up. Uh, a guy named Daniel Wu again, really don't didn't recognize any of these people. So he, did, uh, Ben Foster, got his st- start on a show called Flash Four, which is the same show that Jewel State got her her big start on. The Jewel State is the engineer from Fireflies, Kaylee. Yeah. Oh, and then of course there's um, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Kadar, Kadar, which is the the wizard. What was the wizard's name? Kadgar. Cat Codgar, who is who is a big character in the second expansion for the second game. He's yes. the one who closes the portal. So, uh, so, so, you know, what what's your what what has been your level of involvement in the uh, the Warcraft franchise? All right, so uh, Warcraft does have a special pl- Warcraft Two in particular. I don't remember Warcraft One very much, but Warcraft Two, uh, Tides of Darkness, and Warcraft Two, the Dark Portal have very special places in my heart because in the in the mid to late 90s I was playing those things like it was going out of style. Yeah. That was like your, your first We've talked about war games before on this podcast week and that was really the first game of any type war game of any type that I played. I was hooked immediately. So you can almost blame Warcraft for my obsession with war games today. And it was just a really really fun easy to play engrossing game that you just got hooked on that was that had uh, you know the right amount of melodrama and the right amount of humor that just made you want to keep coming back and playing it over and over again yeah i i don't remember playing the sec the first game very much i played warcraft 2 multiple times didn't really play warcraft 3 and had no involvement in world of warcraft so really i was just a die hard Warcraft 2 player. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I definitely started with Warcraft 2. That was definitely my first uh, real-time strategy game. It was also one of the games one of my close friends, Chad, introduced me to, mm-hmm. along with, like, Final Fantasy VII, Chrono Trigger, Earth, but, like, a lot of, like, my the, the video games that kind of I've built that my base of gaming off of yeah. are, are, were introductions from Chad. Played Warcraft three a little bit. I still have never like actually beaten Warcraft three, just because I kind of stopped caring. And yeah. I've I played a little bit of World of Warcraft too. Uh, my brother in law is a pretty avid avid player, and he got me to play for a little while. I've actually thought about going back and playing because I do. It, it, I I think it's fun, but mm-hmm. uh, and and kind of as a guilty pleasure. Uh, not too, recently, I have I have read the the fluff some of the fluff novels, like the background. Oh yeah. The backstory fluff novels. It, it, it realistically, it's the the material that the movie kind of covers, and right. I and I always really enjoy that. You know, like, I don't know if your your copy of Warcraft came with, but it had like the, the, the thick instruction book. Like, believe, here's here's what's funny. Here's what's really funny. That was never my copy of Warcraft. So my buddy, my I had a younger friend named Tommy, who had the game. Yeah, and I was over his house almost daily. <laughs> playing that game it was his game i think i played it more than him nice yeah so, yeah I, I do remember that instruction man but it was never my game yeah there was there was some really great like 
fluff material in that, along with some some great art. I can't I can't I want to say the guy's name was Dan. The first name was Dan, but the last name was Metzen, M E T Z E N. Just some some great artwork in there. And I I used to sit and read that just the instruction book for all the fluff. And yeah. so so when I saw there, there's a, there's a like a thousand page book of all the backstory. Basically, it's like it's it's like four novels in one. One of the kind of like what um. Uh, Black Library does for Warhammer stuff. Yeah. Where they, you know, here's here's four books in one giant fuck book. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I was basically reading that for 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 Warcraft. So that that's a guilty pleasure of mine, but it's not it's not greatly great reading, but it's it's fun. It's light reading. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 good when something fa- fantasy has to have like two things. One, you need a map, otherwise it doesn't count. Always have to have a map in fantasy. And it's like two, a country; it has to have a flag. Got, yeah, got to have a flag. It's, it's, yeah, I remember. So there's this uh, author named David Gemmel. Uh, he he did the uh, I think it's called the Druce stories. This character named Druce, which is kind of like his Conan. Yeah. And in the first book, uh, Legend, there was no map, and then I was like, this doesn't count. There's no map. This is not a <laughs> this is not a true fantasy story. No map. And then you got to have like that background lore. You got to give it history. Yeah. Gotta gotta give it that that history makes all the difference. Every every fantasy writer from freaking Howard through Tolkien through Gemmel all the way up to Martin, they they have some history that they can give you, and that's always really important. That's just kind of, I guess to me it always made it feel like if they spent that much time giving you history, then it's worth it's worth my time. Well, it's 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 it gives it a consistency and makes you feel like it's it's well thought out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in certain cases, like like George R. R. Martin or something, the history is yeah, the history is great, and then, then the books themselves get a little too dense and convoluted, and at least the latter two. Yeah, but but the history is still pretty. You know, the history in the background is per, is solid. And it makes you feel like this is an actual existing universe. Yeah, with um, guys like Howard, he just wrote like an essay called The Hyborian Age. Yep. And he just went through the world that he had created. He wrote it, I think, after he had finished two or three of the Conan stories. He was like, okay, I need to standardize this or it's going to get ridiculous. Yeah, and we're getting a little off topic here, but, but Howard specifically did that because the Krull, the Cull series uh, got, got out of hand because he was inconsistent. Yeah, and I mean, even Tolkien did it with like I think the appendix to Return of the King. So yeah, that that kind of won me over. But clearly, I don't think they did that much with this movie. Right. So this movie has gotten pretty awful reviews. It's been compared to Battlefield Earth, like the Battlefield Earth of our time. Yeah, I remember that article. Uh, there's actually there's a great quote in that I want to read because this it. And I don't necessarily having now seen the movie, I don't necessarily agree with it. Yeah, you showed me but, that that oh article, man. and I think I think he was overblown just a little bit. I mean, he had some. He he was. It's yeah. one of those things where critics just all right. I'm going crazy because no one really cares. Yeah, much 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 like there's a there's a Rolling Stone review of Fantastic Four that I, I don't know if I said, I said that to you. I don't know if you ever read it. No, I did not. It's one of the greatest terrible reviews I've ever read. But this is this is a close second. And and the writer and the the reviewer is talking about the idea of the the hope that war people had that Warcraft was going to bridge the gap between video games and movies. 
Mm-hmm. And it says, now, now, 10 years and several directors after it was first announced, Warcraft is finally here. And not only does it fail to bridge the gap between movies and video games, it self-immolates and swan dives into the void, illuminating the dark rift that's even deeper than it is wide. A yeah. grotesque funhouse reflection of a modern blockbuster cinema, the film is a truly is truly a staggering failure, and there is no joy to be found in its profound awfulness. Yeah, I don't know if I go that far, but but it's not a good film. I mean, wh- I saw it. I saw it late at late night. I think on a Sunday night uh, last week. Yeah. Well, here's and, oh, here's, yeah. here's the thing I was going to say about it. Like, it it's getting consistently reviews like that, and I don't think it's quite that bad. No, it's certainly not. I, I, I agree with you. It's dumb. It's definitely dumb, and it definitely it. But it's not a movie I'm laughing at. Like, oh my god. What is wrong with this movie? What what am I watching? This is a mess. Yeah, there were so there were there were walking in having seen reviews like that. I was hopeful for something so awful it is spectacular in its in its nonsense and its in its disaster. You know, it, it, the old adage of watching a train wreck. I couldn't. Right, and, and I and instead of being, I can't turn away. This is. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know. I don't know what stupid thing they're going to do now. I was like. I kept looking at my watch. I'm like, "What time is it? How yeah, much longer am I here?" Yeah, it's bo- it's kind of a drag of a movie. It's it it starts off moving at a pretty serious click, like the the action starts pretty quickly, and then it just kind of ends with a with a whimper in my mind. Yeah, well, there you- are some just confusing moments in that film where you're just like, "Why are we doing this? What's going on now? Why are we doing this? Who's doing what? Yeah, yeah. Who who's yeah. who? Especially among the orcs." So I mean, you get in, you get introduced to the the main orc character Durotan, mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Yes. But there were several characters along with him. I was left guessing at, like I, again, knowing the lore and the fluff, I knew who the characters were, but I was waiting for the movie to introduce them. Right. And like or- Orgrim Doomhammer took like an hour, hour and a half to introduce. Yeah, and it, I should be pointed out, like, in the game, because I one thing I love about the game is when they introduce, like, they give you the mission, they give you the scroll, and, yep. like, you, Orgrim Doomhammer, wants you to take Carl's moves down from the Lorient, you know, something man, like that. Man, that. that was, hey, let's just note, that was a great voiceover. It was so ridiculously over the top, oh, but, man, did I love something. it. Let me send you, we got to put these links in the low bar, because I found, like, a compilation on YouTube of both the human and orc like intros to the missions nice and i think they're to, i think together for like if for both tides of darkness and the dark portal it'll take you about an hour to go through them but they are so worth it they're so funny how over the top they are yep the lord lothar wants you to lead the charge across the blackened sea it's like oh oh or admiral proudmore yeah he wasn't in this one but it was you're right orgrim doomhammer uh one thing that I didn't get, do you remember there being a difference between green orcs and brown orcs? Is that a movie thing? That is that is a a more recent thing. I think I think World of, World of Warcraft introduced that. Okay. So so and 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 I know this from just from the fluff uh, material. If you've just like, seen the trailer, you'll notice that the, some of them are brown and some are green. Right. So I, all all orcs started brown. And then they, and then Gul'dan introduced the Fell, which is this this 
evil magic that turned them green. Right. So, and so, I don't so the ones the that didn't, yeah, the ones that didn't take the fell didn't turn green. Got it. See, that's one of those things that just don't make sense. Right. And I've even played the game, and I didn't know that. Well, of, of course, you know, in in some of the some of the reviews, you know, they're they're like, oh, they're, they're trying to point out like racial undertones, oh, and I'm God. like, yeah, no, it's just. This is a very fan servicey kind of thing that you guys are just that's not meant for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that was I mean, that was my main problem with the movie was that it just there are times where you watch it and you're like you're looking at it and you go, Wow, this looks pretty cool, like the magic stuff, the the blue magic that, that uh the Guardian and what's what, what's that wizard's name again? Crap. Kadgar. Kadgar can do I'm like wow, that looks pretty cool. And then there's other times where you're going, this movie is very bright. Everything looks like it's it's made of like plastic. Did you did you get that sense? I didn't get the sense watching, although I see what you're saying. It's definitely got a very part of me actually kinda want kinda wishes that we could see this in Technicolor. Yeah. so let's com- like this is not a fair comparison, but you remember the look of 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 Lord of the Rings. It was very blended, like everything felt even in terms of color and visuals, and it felt like it was really there. And, and if anything, it, Lord of the Rings is a little a little on the drab side. Right, and then Warcraft was just bright and stark, and the the, the, the armor and everything just looked fake, even though even the practical effects. There were there were a lot of times fake. where I was sitting there going, "This, this is guys on a green screen." Yes. Like, like bad, like guys on a green screen, like, you know, like I, I know, I know, I know this is all CGI. Like, you know, four feet behind, four feet behind the actors is just a screen. Yeah. Now there were some scenes that looked really good. Stormwind looked really nice. Stormwind that- for the most part, there were a couple times in Stormwind where I was like, there's only about six feet of actual set here. Yeah. And then they had the, the, the Guardian place that looked pretty cool, and then the floating cities that I don't remember from the game, so it must be a World of Warcraft thing. Um, you don't ever see the floating cities? They're talked about. The the, the, the tour was talked about. Okay. So there were some... So some of it looked okay, but again, for the most part, the special effects just looked cheesy to me. And yeah. I, I just think the acting was really... Stiff. Yeah, really lackluster. My the guy I was seeing it with, he he does like theater acting, and I turn over to him and I go, "There, that scene where Lothar towards the end of the film like freaks out and yells at the king, and 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 they have to like restrain him." And I turn to him and I go, "When you see acting like that, does that make you a little mad? Like just a little bit, like deep down inside, knowing that these guys are making millions of dollars while you're busting your butt on, on a stage?" He's like, "Yeah, just a little bit." Yeah. Uh, Lothar was not particularly good. I was actually really disappointed with Dominic Cooper. I didn't realize it was Dominic Cooper until just just now. But I was really disappointed with him as the king. Yeah, he was bad. That just that character, the king character, was so lame. He was so difficult to root for. Oh, so you know, like my 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 least, probably the worst scene in the movie, to me was between at the end between. Uh, between Lane and and Garona, 
Right. First of uh, all, it, yeah. just, it looked terrible because they were. It was obviously. It almost looked like you know the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, where they would like where they were driving, and so they'd have a an actual like screen like movie screen running behind the the fake mm-hmm. car. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. There's all this fighting going on behind them, and they're basically like acting in front of a movie screen. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean that's most of this film, and. And it had the, that kind of feel of those 1980s sword and sorcery films. Yeah, a little like bit. Those really cheesy 1980s sword and sorcery films where the actors feel like they're phoning it in. Just all of them felt like they were phoning it in. And can we just talk about Verona? What? That character had no reason to be in this movie. Yeah. At all. It did, it did nothing. And there's that scene where... Lothar's like, what if he's lying? Well, orcs don't lie, but what if he is? But he's, he's not. What if he is? Like, that went, I was sitting there going, is that, that scene just happened? That was, that was, yeah, I was like, I was like, this, this is actually in the script? Yeah, I was, like, that please, scene just happened. Please they, tell, they please tell me, please, I was like, please tell me they ad-libbed that. <laughs> right. It no, there like, were, well, there were a few scenes like that. And, here, here's the, my big issue with this movie, is, in the first game, the orcs win, right? The orcs right. defeat Azeroth, and, when you pick up the second Sack game, the fuck out of Stormwind. Yeah, destroy it, and you you play as Lordaeron in the second game, and 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 the refugees of Azeroth, and you and you counterattack, and that's the whole idea. Right. So I was kind of expecting like a really dark film about you know a kingdom dying and friends or, not coming to its aid and all that other stuff, or at least a really dark ending. Yeah. And this movie, for the most part, again, it starts off really sharp, really quick. The action and, and the events happen very fast, almost to the point where you can't catch your breath. Yeah, I, I would actually say that in the beginning, and I don't say this often, I really, again, even even knowing the source material, I could have used some more exposition. Yeah, I mean, the, the just stuff happens. Like, the portal opens and shit just starts to happen. Yep. And then you're like, okay, you know, the whole premise of the movie is a, they've got to close the giant gate that's going to bring the horde through. Yep. Now, in the game, that gate is open, and you've got to destroy it yourself. Right, that game never... That, that, that The portal never closes. Yeah, the portal never closed. It was open, and it was there, and you find out all this backstory. And in this movie, the whole point is we're going to attack, and we're going to close the portal. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, we're going to see the humans lose and the horde spill through, and we're going to... And then it just... That doesn't happen. Weirdness ensues, as you pointed out. Garona and the king have this very strange scene at the foot of the portal, getting the refugees that they're rescuing, because the portal is powered by a sacrifice. Right. And then Lothar and and Mini Mage are fighting Medivh, the guardian, because it turns out he's been the bad guy the whole time. Right. He's he's possessed by a demon. Yeah. And then the king asks Garona to kill him because that will make her a hero and bring somehow peace to us. And then Lothar shows up at the last second and kills Doom. Like that whole sequence at the end was just so unfulfilling. Yeah, and like they're 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 picking and choosing from like from the, again from the sword material, having read some of the background stuff. So, like, at least in, in, in the fluff material, 
Garona is the one who murders King Lane. Mm-hmm. But murder is the proper term because she's supposed to be an advisor and during the, the sacking of Stormwind, she stabs him in the back. Mm-hmm. Like, she basically does it like... She basically makes a deal with Gul'dan and murders the king and, and at that point the defenses collapse. Right, okay. Th- this, this, like, the hero thing, that was nonsense... Like, there was just a bunch of... yeah. You know what actually got me even more? Was, like, the ritual combats at the end. Yeah, that was strange. So, here's the thing. The the big orc, Duratan, yeah. and his kind of rebellion really had no place in this story arc. It comes into play in the second game. Actually, both the humans and the orcs have their own mini-rebellions within them. And that's kind of interesting. It just it didn't seem so, to have any place in the in this movie. So 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 Durotan stuff is actually before what you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. At least at least in in the the game timeline, Durotan's stuff is actually at the that's actually correct at the correct time. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's actually it actually starts really before before the orcs even come to Azeroth. Oh, okay. But it was just like the honor fights, like the fact that Gul'dan was some some like super buff fuck underneath the robes instead of some like weak you know shriveled up weakling mm-hmm. that was weird like the fact that Lo- that Lothar kills kills Blackhand in like 8 seconds yeah that was super anticlimactic like they're circling each other circling each other circling each other and it was like one move dead mhm and then they're like, "Oh, well, he's you know he won, so we gotta let him go." All that stuff I, just I, I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, I don't. It was just strange. And then I don't know why the elves have glowing eyes. I don't remember them having glowing eyes. It looked stupid. There, there was one of the, one of the elf. I think it was the only elves who just had the most derpy face, like with the glowing <laughs> eyes. Just yeah. had like super derp face going on. <laughs> I started laughing in the middle, of, like in the middle of the scene. I was like. It was like in the middle of the funeral scene. I was just like laughing. <laughs> the problem is they packed so much crap in this film that if they just trimmed it down a little bit, I think it would have been fine. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think at this point, given the, the reviews and everything it's getting, unless a whole bunch of b- bunch of World of Warcraft nerds go and see it all you know, repeatedly. I don't think this is getting getting the sequel they hope for. Well, so the Hollywood, I, I got to find it again, but the Hollywood Reporter has a good article on this. This movie was released worldwide before it came here, and it made a decent amount of money in Asia, between Korea, Japan, and, and especially China. So it may be very, this is a thing that's happening in, in movies right now is, Studios are releasing films for the foreign market, and the foreign market appears to be saving certain franchises, and a really good example of this is Terminator Genesis. Terminator Genesis did not do well in the United States. Yeah. Everyone went, what the hell are you doing? Why did you make this movie? This movie is stupid. And all of a sudden, it's a huge hit in China. Huge. And now there is rumors. I gotta find the article. I don't know where it is. There was an article out there, something like 
China is the reason you're going to get Terminator Genesis 2 or something like that. Or you're going to get a sequel to Terminator Genesis. <laughs> so I, I'll dig it up for you. But I should have, I should have, this just popped in my head, so I should have prepped more. But it is distinctly possible we're going to get another Warcraft film because of the foreign market. They may not give it as big a budget, because this was a fairly sizable budget yeah, it film. it was. But, but, if they don't make a sequel, we won't be surprised. If they do make a sequel, I still won't be surprised. Yeah. So, so anything good that stood out to you in this movie... Not really, other than what I said earlier, the magic. Like, the way the magic looked, I thought that was kind of cool. But, I mean, really, I didn't enjoy it. I was just like, this is dumb. I didn't hate it. Okay, so I'm sorry, I'm just pulling it up as, as we're talking. So, Warcraft premiered uh, June 6th, right, here in the United States, but yep. it had been released prior. The film, obviously, has gotten negative reviews, but worldwide, it's a $313 million film. Yeah, what's the budget on it, though? 160 uh, they're at least a, they're probably at least a break even then because they're, they're probably, about break even on this one. And because honestly, there I don't I don't feel like there's been a whole lot of um, marketing for this one. Yeah, the marketing's been pretty strange with with certain movies. And again, I don't I'm not on TV, so I don't watch TV. So I I, I basically just pick up things from the theaters and what I see billboards out and about and yeah. internet ads and. It got some play. The thing is with, and you're going to have to double check me on this one, the longer a movie is in theaters, the more money the studio gets. So like for the opening weekend, they basically split it 50-50. And the longer the movie's going to be in theaters, the more they're going to make their money on it. Right. So that's, that's the reason why Zootopia and Jungle Book did really well for Disney. Right but now, those were big hits because they stayed in the theaters a while. As a, as a side note, I actually watched Zootopia this morning, and it actually wasn't bad. Isn't it the, 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 the cutest movie about a police state you're ever going to see? Uh, but I, that movie did very, very well. That movie did really well. So did Jungle Book. So the longer they're out, Jungle Book was number one for three weeks and stayed in theaters for yeah. four or five weeks after that. It was that something. So this one, I don't know. Um, I really don't know. We were talking about this before we, we hit record. Uh, movie audience, I don't, I, it's so hard to predict where movie audiences are going these days. It's either big, well-known franchises that have been around since the late 70s and not before, or something new, a, new animation film hits us from left field. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it, but, but we will, we will see. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really underwhelmed by this. Like I said, given the reviews that were coming in, I was I was actually hoping for something pretty spectacularly awful. I didn't get yeah. that. I really was just kind of okay. I know this, like I know this material, but I'm sitting there going, like, when are we going to make this interesting? Yeah. No, I, I I absolutely agree. It just and and it 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 actually went from more interesting to less interesting. Like it got more tedious as the film went on. It started off well enough and if they've been able to even maintain that, that same level i think it would have been okay yeah but I it agree. just it just tapered off real bad oh i mean yeah the movie starts at an amazing clip they're through the portal they're raiding the human villages lothar is trying to establish defenses they and then and then all of a sudden it slows down right around the time duratan wants a parlay with the king yeah and just, right just, at that moment, screeching halt 
it just starts to slowly tumble into nothing. And that's, and I think that's, it's just not, it wasn't interesting. And I said this in the previous podcast when we did the previews of, of 2016 movies. This movie looks dumb. I think most people had the same sense I did. They looked at it and went, this looks dumb. Yeah, I, I think though that they they were kind of hope the studio was kind of hoping banking on you know the hardcore World of Warcraft fans and kind of the the people who are casually familiar with the franchise. Yeah, and I mean let's be honest, they got my money and uh, maybe got yours. <laughs> this time, yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's always kind of up in the air with you. So you know, I mean, they got our money, but at the same time, like the. I guess the residuals from this in terms of like the the Blu-ray sales and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, that kind of money for the, for the, for the, for the studio just won't be there. No. And I, I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake. It came out world uh, premiered, but it, it was also released in China on the sixth and then the rest of the U S on the 10th. Okay. I'm trying to figure out production company is legendary blizzard and Atlas. So legendary, you know, I always make fun of like Legendary and Lionsgate. They they tend to just they do take chances. It's distributed through Universal, so yeah. I want to say Legendary, Legendary did Hellboy. They did Godzilla. Yeah. I always make fun of Lionsgate. They didn't. They're the ones that always make the cheap horror. And I, I was like, when I see the Lionsgate logo, I'm like Lionsgate, if you got cheap crap, we're gonna make it. Yeah, there's just so much cheap crap horror out there. Dude, that's where all the money is. It's like it's either super cheap horror movies or big budget properties. And again, yep. it's big budget properties that have been around since the late seventies, but not before. Any or, attempt, any attempt at a, a big budget property prior to nineteen seventy six tanks super hard. Yeah, or or Marvel superheroes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I consider that big budget property. At this point, I yeah. Think I mean, yes. Although I think, I mean, realistically, we've only been seeing these the superhero movies. Yeah, we're let's see, uh, not quite ten years. Iron no, Man no. was uh, nine years ago. Right. I uh, yeah. We've talked about this. I, I've always started that at, at the year two thousand with the first X Men. I don't count Blade because Blade felt more like a nineties action film than a superhero film. Yeah. Also, I, mean, I don't think. Most people realize that was a Marvel friend, like a Marvel series. Yeah, no, I agree. But that's, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, it's another video game movie. It's yeah, still here's not, a, it's still here's not here's Super Mario Brothers. No, it's not. But here's the question: What? It's just Hollywood. Even all right, so, Duncan Jones was a fan of this series. The whole idea is that we're going to put this in the hands of someone who loved it, and they still couldn't pull it off. What? the hell is going on with video games it's just something about them yeah you know part of me at least on this one part of me wants to say that you know the guys the guys doing like the writing and and this is just i'm spitballing here but the guys doing the writing are probably i mean duncan jones has got one one of the screenplay credits and the guy charles uh leave it let's see I don't know anything about this guy. Uh, yeah, he's done some stuff. K-Pax, Blood Diamond. In oh, the- God, he did it in the heart of the sea. Yeah. That was bad. 
That was really bad. Was he the producer or writer? Yeah, he was the writer for that. Oh, that was really bad. That was. A, did you see that one? I did not. I did the Seventh Son. That was really dumb too. I see why now. You do the Seventh Son, the Warcraft, K Pax. I never saw. So oh, here, yeah, uh, Chris. Yeah, Chris Metzen is actually the the artist. I, I feel like a lot of guys who just their input in this is from you know from the video game side and things that work in video games don't work in in other other medias like i like i, I read i read the you know the novels you know not not like the movie novel but the the novels that the movie covers and i'm sitting here this is kind of dumb you know it's, it's, you know crappy the effectively modern pulp fiction and I'm like I'm reading it, and I'm like, this is kind of dumb. And then I read it, and then I see it on the screen. I'm like, yeah, this is even dumber. Like looking at it. Yeah, there's something about what seeing it and hearing it in your head or on a video game. You kind of give video games a pass. When you see like live human beings trying to pull this off, you're like, God, this is stupid. Yeah. Do you remember those Red Alert games and Command and Color games where they actually got actors to act out the in-between mission parts? Yep. Like like Billy D. Williams is in like one of the Command and uh, uh, Command and Conquer games, and like I think Jenny McCarthy did Red Alert three or something ridiculous like that. And just, yeah, oh, this is really stupid. Yeah, I just but but I feel, I feel like there was a, there was a lot of like video game writing as opposed to like Hollywood writing. Yeah, you know like and and I think I think there's a danger when it comes to people who are big fans of a franchise doing a film for that franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think there's a tendency for them to want to give it too much fan service, too much too many inside jokes, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't work. Hey, if if I'm if I'm playing, you know, World of Warcraft, odds are I've played at least one of the other Warcraft games. I'll I'll get the jokes. Yeah. Oh, like, all right, so let's take a, a good example. Turning the dude into a sheep. Right. There was a scene where Lothar is in jail because he's drunk and he's starting fights. Yep. And uh, the, the mage turns the, turns the guard into a sheep. So that was, like, that was a move you could do from the games. Yep. Uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. That was at least funny, but, you know, made sense in context. Yeah. And, 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 and to be perfectly honest, I think if they, and I'd seen this interview, if they'd played more off of that kind of stuff... That plays not just to the fans, but to people who are unfamiliar or only very casually familiar with it. Yeah. I think that would have worked out much better. I also think this movie suffered from a lack of sense of humor. That Yeah, there, 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 were, a few jo- there were a few jokes, but there were times where it was like... It's like, oh... Oh wait, wait! It's been a while since we've had a joke. We better put a joke in. Yeah, and they weren't good. No, they were not. Good. I mean, I can't really think of any, so I'll I'll defer to you on that one. But well, I, I think it's like some of the humor they were trying to borrow from. Uh, there was the the, the James Franco movie, "This Is the End." <laughs> yeah. And like uh, you really liked it, I couldn't stand it. But you know, there was like that back and forth. Well, you know that that the conversation with the what if conversation. Between Shit. no no between Lothar and Gar- and Garona the one we were just talking oh, about oh yeah we talked about yeah that yeah. was that was tough yeah that felt like 
that felt like a f- an even more forced version of some of the stuff from This Is The End. Yeah. You know, yeah. where the humor, it was pretty pretty base level humor, did a lot of that, that, that back and forth of just repeating the same argument, you know, camera bouncing back and forth, except it was done even less well. It's terrible English, but, you know, like This Is The End, like, that wasn't very good. It wasn't very a very good joke to start with, and this just felt like they did they did a bad joke poorly. Yeah, no, I see what you're talking. I mean, look, I mean, final verdict on this film because I don't think we could say much more about a really bad film like this. Right. Is it, you know a nice attempt, but it was it was over budget. It didn't look well. They didn't get a good cast. It took itself too seriously, and in the end, the story just didn't cohere in any way it started off too quick ground to a halt and then didn't have any kind of satisfying ending i mean let's just i mean really right. the end where lothar holds the sword up like, it was just silly yeah couldn't take the so yeah i just i wouldn't watch this again and i wouldn't suggest anyone else go see it yeah i mean certainly not to pay for it i mean effort for trying you know you get credit for trying but only so much so, let's see, what have you been doing this week? So, I have unpacked all the boxes that have been stored in my books because I got two bookshelves. And I'm looking in It's one well, of those moments, I, I believe you might have the same problem I have, is where we bought a bunch of stuff because, yeah, I'll read this. Like, So, I have entire collections of graphic novels that I'm like, oh, this series seems really interesting that I haven't even finished. Yeah, I've got that problem. So, yeah, so I'm like, I'm looking at, like, 100 Bullets. I've only finished maybe half of it. Or Northlanders. I read the first two. I have, I have all seven volumes. I read the first two. Or, you know, Akira. read the first two. But I got six. You know, like, I got shit like that. So, or Conan. I got the Dark Horse Conan. So I'm starting from volume zero, where they, they talk about Conan's early life. And I picked up a couple historical books. Got a, a nice book on Waterloo. Like Conan and, the Awkward Teenager. Kind of, you know, Conan, <laughs> more like Conan, the awkward teenager, accidentally cripples his friend. <laughs> you know, I mean, like stuff like that. Nice. Uh, or, you know, Conan punches someone too hard and he dies. And everyone's like, it's Conan, man. <laughs> it's just, that literally is the line. It's like, it's Conan. That's what he does. He's, he, he punches you and you die. Uh, so, yeah, that there's there's that. And I'm looking around and I'm just, there's a bunch of stuff I want to I want to sit down and start reading. And, and like you said, I've been trying to really take notes on the Napoleonic Wars and uh, I got I got the book on the Battle of Austerlitz that I'm, I'm reading through but I also I did want to talk about a couple movie uh, a couple movies that I saw uh, I would really recommend seeing this movie called the nice guys with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe yeah if, if you like it was it's done by Shane Black the same guy who did uh, kiss kiss bang bang and it's really 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 good it's 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 as, a, as someone who grew up in the 90s and liked those Tarantino-esque movies... Oh, he, also did, he also did Iron Man 3 and... Yes, but I don't count that. There's <laughs> not many. It's, it's only a handful of films. Um, but it's really, really cool. And we saw Alice Through the Looking Glass last night, and I don't have any... He also, he also wrote Lethal Weapon. Yeah, he's, he's, he's written a lot. Um, but it's, this is like one of his direct... Uh, directorial thing. He's working on the day at the Doc Savage screenplay. Yeah, I see that. I know that much. He's also he's also announced as the director. Oh, okay, good. So I, I really liked it. I 
I hope they do another one of these. I don't think they will because I don't think it made a lot of money, but it's it was really cool. Uh, and I would and we saw Alice through the Looking Glass. It was one of those movies where I don't know why they made this one. It was all right, but it was just why why just the, I don't remember the first Alice in Wonderland being anything particularly special, and then six years later they spring this on us, and it just was kind of strange. It, it was strange, and it, it, this it also did not do very well. Um, it, it you know. Five million over on the weekend. So, so. yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we, we, you and I have talked about this before, mostly based on Rich's comment for Hellboy Two. Like, yeah, that was back. Of the, did you ask for that? <laughs> no, sorry. The funny part is, I actually did like Hellboy Two, but 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 the the point is well taken. If no one asked for another Alice in Wonderland movie, you no, know, but like, at least in certain cases, you know, like I realize like who some of these people are. Like Hellboy Two, you want to know who asked for that? Who? Is Del Toro, Guillermo del Toro, yes, yes, Be- because, you know, and he's got enough pull in Hollywood that, yeah, okay, well, yeah, sure, go do it. I don't give a shit. Oh, you know what? I'm so glad you mentioned that. So let's just to talk about for those of you who actually do want to see another Warcraft film, the reason why we're getting a Pacific Rim two, is because of the foreign market. That's yeah. really that's really it. I'll find that link in there somewhere too, because that, that I I read that. But anyway, you were saying. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's just one of those, like... Oh, I lost my thought there. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, the, who asked for it? Del Toro won. Oh, yeah. yeah. Del Toro has pull. Yes. So, I, I think... I don't I, know I think, who had the pull to make Alice again. Right. Uh, I was, like, looking at, like, you know, what the hell has this guy done? Not that much. I mean, like, he did he did Muppets, Muppets Most Wanted... We're talking about James uh, Bobbin, or whatever yeah. it is, from for, for the director of Alice. Yeah, yeah. It was, he Mupp- introduced the film. Muppets, was like, Muppets was good. The Muppets Most Wanted, eh. Becky really likes it, but I'm not a big fan. He directed a bunch of Ali G stuff. He's done a lot of comedy stuff. Yeah, like he di- he's directed um, like at least two different series from the Ali G show, and he directed uh, 11 episodes from Flight of the Concords. Well, I'm looking at his credits right here. I probably should have researched it before we start recording. But he's going to be doing that Emma uh, Men in Black uh, 21 Jump Street crossover. He's doing MIB 23. Who asked for a Men in, or for for a 21 Jump Street sequel? I didn't see 22 Jump. I liked the first one. Don't get me wrong. The 21 Jump Street was pretty good. I don't know who wanted a sequel and crisscrossing them like this. I, I'll t- We've had this conversation before. People want franchises. That's what people want. Yep. And, and Sony wants their own franchise, so that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. This week, so I started listening to the audiobook of Battlefield Earth, which the audiobook—it's not—it's not badly done. It's actually like a cast recording, so they've actually got like different actors actually. Oh, I doing... like it when they do that. Yeah, it's a, that's kind of nice. Although I'm listening to this, then I'm going, you know. This was a lot better when I was 17. Like, when I didn't... I think my knowledge and my expectations were lower. You had the patience to read that fucking tome at 17? Yeah, that's what I... So, so, and you can ask him about this. My best friend, SB. I, I sat and actually, like, I was reading that during Spanish class for, like, two weeks. Okay, that makes more sense. 
like I was so bored in spent in class. I I turned ninety degrees away from the teacher and sat and read my book. And they didn't give you any. They didn't catch that. Oh no, she, she was pissed as fuck. <laughs> she, I mean, like she went off on me one time, and I'm like, all right. So what I got in the last three quizzes? You got a ninety-five, a ninety-seven, and a ninety, and you know, a ninety-four. Like obviously, I'm picking up the information you're putting out, so I don't see what the problem is. Man, that 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 just uh, that teacher and I did not get along. Well, that's priceless. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. I, I can't remember if I made it a hundred percent all the way through, but like, I'm just, like I'm sitting like listening to this now, and it's like, this is science fiction. It was written. It was written. I think in the eighties. Battlefield Earth. Yeah. The book Battlefield Earth was written in the eighties. I think so. I've got an introduction from. Eh, let's look. We're, we're, are we talking about the same Battlefield Earth, the, the, the L. Ron Hubbard? That, that, I thought that was from the 50s. He was dead in the 80s. No, he wasn't. He was not dead in the 80s, because I definitely... Uh, 1982. Really? Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. No, cause, so the, it, starts off, the, it starts off with a, with an introduction, not like read by him, but one he wrote from like the uh-huh. early... From like shortly after the book was published. And it's like it's an interesting the introduction's actually really interesting where he talks about like this being a book of pure science fiction. Right. And his definition of, of science fiction and, and the book, it's it's a little like your Texas sharpshooter. Oh yeah. Where like he wrote the book and then basically defined science fiction so that the book is like a perfect example of pure science fiction. <laughs> he defined his own genre. Yeah. No like and he's he's a little boastful on it, but he's not necessarily wrong in that he is one of the he was back in the you know thirties to fifties one of the pioneers of science fiction writing, right? Pulp science fiction writing, right? Yes. Right. So I mean, you know, the man does deserve some credit. It's it, the other thing that's funny listening like listening to that introduction is he talks about his more serious work. Oh, right, and he refers to it as his serious works. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't realize, that's Dianetics. That's the that's the that's the bullshit nonsense that Scientology is based on. Yeah. Right. The science fiction religion. Did you ever watch that documentary, Going Clear? No. It's worth it. I, it's I, long, I, but it's it's absolutely worth I, it. I don't you know I I don't know if it's true. I've, but I I love the rumor story that basically L. Ron Hubbard invented Scientology because because of a bet with. Isaac Asimov um, that he couldn't do it that he couldn't, yeah, I don't know that he couldn't make a science either. fiction religion right and Asimov the devout Christian would I'm sure would just like damn it I don't know if it's true either but I love telling that story anyway right no I, I love it just based on just just on the concept yeah I mean some of it's you know having been been written in the 80s or at least released in the 80s like for being a science fiction novel like some of the science is really fucking awful. <laughs> I mean, like, like fundamentally wrong. Like, or, you know, I mean, like right now, right now, it, it's it's fairly common scientific knowledge that space and time are one. Right? Yes. Sp- it's space time. Yes. He makes a very clear statement that space and time are not the same thing. Oh, so he goes back to the Newtonian space as a stage and stuff like that. It, it, not, or, like spa- not like space not is a state. Not even space is a stage. It, 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 but just, just 
to explain to give a, a layman's explanation of how the the teleportation works um, is that basically space and time are 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 not re- at all related so you can just take a chunk of space and move it to another place right which also violates um uh, you know other einsteinian principles like e equals mc squared the heisenberg uncertainty principle yeah i mean you just a litany of this right and it's like stuff that like is well known in science fields. Yeah, I mean, it just lay science people know, you know, about warping a space time, the yeah. basic idea of general relativity. Right. So, kind of I'm 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 sitting listening to it and and I'm enjoying it, but it's you know it's all right. Like it, it's well performed, but it's also the characters a little one dimensional. Like the villain who thinks he's super clever is really a fucking idiot, <laughs> and he's love. obviously an idiot, and he's obviously gonna lose. Yeah, and it's like it's not even like a real like. Yes, there are obstacles for the heroes to overcome, but they're pretty like. Surface. Yeah, they're pretty pedestrian. Yeah. Like you and I could get out of this one. Yeah. Hey, we need to find uranium. Okay. <laughs> like that, that, that's, Found a, it. that's a that's a big part of it and then like you know this is a really complicated process but eventually you know of course of course they find uranium of course they have it of course that you know of course they find what they need you know so it just yeah it makes it you know fairly predictable so you know at least i'm i mean I'm, I'm enjoying it it's one of those like it's worth taking a chance and it's worth taking a listen to again it it is at least well performed one of Mitt Romney's favorite novels really yes I'll find it for you on the campaign trail they asked him what was one of his favorite books and he's like I don't agree with the guy's politics or his philosophy or anything but Battlefield Earth was a really fun book (laughs) I mean you know more power to it you know I don't agree with Bernie Sanders's principle you know, Bernie Sanders in basically any form but, yeah, right. but but damn it I gotta respect the fact that the guy you know is, is sticking to his guns the whole time yeah 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 I, I'm, I, I got a bunch of links I gotta send you now well, of course we'll see how many libertarian links you can s- slip in no here no and, I've and been drive, pretty good tra- and drive pretty Tracy good. mental I've been pretty good this time uh, let's see other things I've been doing Game of Thrones tomorrow yeah. is Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, Battle of the Bastards. So, see, episode nine of of this season, horrible things happen in episode nine every season. Yes, but I don't think it'll be. Uh... No, I mean, I suspect it'll be a, a happy ish. Yeah, I, I don't. I I have. There have been no surprises in this season, and. Uh... I don't expect there to be surprises. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, I have been reading, and speaking of of you know George R. R. Martin histories, I've been reading the the whatever the hist- I can't remember the title now. It's the the big history book of for for Game of Thrones mm-hmm. uh, while sitting on my throne. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, I've gotten through all of the Targaryen kings. Okay. Uh, or I'm on, I'm up to basically the end of the reign of Ares the second, which is the, the the mad king that basically kind of sets in motion all of the 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 characters we start the show with, you know mm-hmm. Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon and 
So that's been that's been kind of fun. Good. Yeah, that's about it though. Okay then. All right, folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head over to thereforegeek.com. You can check out our blog posts and our podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Make sure you you subscribe, leave us reviews, comment. If we're right, if we're wrong, if you're a diehard Warcraft fan and you feel like fighting dude on why we're wrong, dude will fight you. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I don't care. No oh. self-preservation on this side. Uh, we do accept Mortal Kombat challenges, but you've got to come <laughs> to us. Yeah, uh, we really can't pay the, the travel fee. Yeah. So, once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Dude. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. I found the clip of him loving Battlefield Earth. Just now I found it. <laughs>